glad to be at church today. Is anybody glad to be in the house of God? Yeah. Hey, I'm thankful that you're here. You braved the weather. You're here. And a big shout out. Hello to everybody online as well. We're thankful that you're part of our church family today, whether you're there for health reasons or you're, you stayed at home because of the weather. Uh, I'm just thankful, church. I'm thankful for the miracle of technology. I'm thankful for those missionaries, those cameras back there that help us take our service uh, around the world, not just to people locally. But uh, I want to say hello to everybody. Church, can we just welcome everybody online with us today as well? Thankful that you're with us. We're in part one of a series that we're calling Family Values, all right? We're going to talk about values today. Uh, Before I jump into the depth of the message, I do want to just remind you that the marriage conference, our, our marriage conference is coming up this Friday and Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning. And uh, you, I'm just saying, you, you want to be there. It's a great way for us to grow in our marriages. Uh, it's not just, uh, you know, a lot of times people think, well, if I go to a marriage conference, that means that, you know, the people think I've got a bad marriage. No. What we're saying is if you go to the marriage conference, you're just saying you want a better marriage, right? You just want to grow. You want a better marriage. And so you can uh, go online, find out more about that, register for it. And if, if money is ever the reason why you can't attend something that we do here at City Hill, we don't charge a whole lot for very many things, but this is one of those things where we just feel like you need to make the investment if if you want to be there, but if money's the reason why you can't attend, you let us know, and we will make sure that you are able to get there. Come on, somebody. That's just the way we roll around here, all right? So that's this weekend. Um, We're in part one of family values, and over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about just different values, different things that we need to be like relationships, just relationships matter. And there are values that we need to hold within relationships. So we're going to talk about generational mentality. Um, something I believe strongly in is that our church should reflect a family. And in a family, you've got great-grandkids all the way up to great-grandparents. Come on, right? So a church just shouldn't be you know, one age group and nobody else. No, our church should look like a, a family sitting around a Thanksgiving table where we've got, we've got grandpas and grandmas and crazy uncles, right? We've got everybody just sitting around the table. So uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about hope for hurting marriages. We'll talk about how to build lasting marriages. We'll talk about inseparable, inseparable relationships. Today, I want to just kind of set the tone a little bit, and I want to first just define what a value is. Now, you may know this, but in case you don't, I just want to show you what a value is. This is my definition of it. A value is a principle or a standard of behavior that guides your life. Does that make sense? It's a principle or a standard of behavior that guides your life, which, by the way, it can be a negative value. It can be something that is not great, but you value that thing, or it could could be something really positive in your life, but it it guides your life. And so to give you an example, a living example of values, I want to describe our dream team values to you, okay? So the dream team is the group of people that serve. They're out in the parking lot. They're directing traffic. They're they're driving the golf cart. They're fixing the coffee. They're keeping your kids. They're, they're, They're not just keeping your kids. They're teaching them Bible and Jesus and it's the worship production. It's everybody. That's the dream team, okay? And so when you go through growth track in step three, we teach you these principles, these values of ours. But, but I want to give them to you just to illustrate what I'm talking about. These values are, number one, we love God. So as a dream teamer, as somebody who serves 
on the dream team at City Hope, it's pretty important that you have a relationship with Jesus if you're going to help other people have a relationship with Jesus, right? It's a value that you need to have this. You need to love God and not to just love him, but you need to let that overflow in your life. Like when people see you, they need to go, I want to be like that. I, I want that kind of love for Jesus. That's what I'm talking about, that kind of love for God. So we love God. The second value is that we love people because Jesus said, and John, John says it actually, that you, how can you say you love God if you don't love people? So we love people. We want to serve people. We want to bless people. We want to just take, we, we want to prepare the way for people. We want to help people come to a life-giving relationship with Jesus, right? That's the second value. We love people. And, and we, can, we do this. We consider people more important than problems. I know that that's probably backwards than what a lot of us do. We're like, oh, no, they're the problem, and I'm not dealing with the problem, right? But people are more important than problems, more important than issues that we go through. So the third value that we have is that we pursue excellence everywhere, everything we do, not perfection. We're not trying to be perfect. We're trying to, we're trying to give our best for the best, everybody, because Jesus gave his best for us. We're not going to give anything less than our best back to him, right? We're just going to, we're going to give him the best. We're going to serve with excellence. We're going to make sure that we do everything to the best of our ability, all right? So that's another value that we have. The fourth value is that no matter what happens in life, we're going to choose joy. So being, being part of this team means that Man, we're not going to, you know, I had a bad day and I'm just going to come in and I'm going to spread my negativity to everybody else. And no, 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 we don't. No, we're, come on, we're going to choose joy. I know that life sucks sometimes. Can I say that? Can I? Just, I know that life is tough. Life, we go through things in life, but we're saying, no, no, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose joy. It's for the joy set before him that Jesus went to the cross. And if he could go to the cross and consider us his pure joy while suffering... Come on, we can choose joy when we're in suffering. James says it this way, that I'll count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because it develops something in you. It develops a perseverance in you that you're going to keep going. You're going to keep pressing on. You're not going to sit back and just wait and see what happens. You're going to choose joy, right? Now, that doesn't mean that what you're going through is not real. It just means, hey, I'm, ch I'm choosing a different attitude about this. Uh, so that, those are some values, and I'm giving you that because... There are a lot of different values in life. Um, you have a certain set of values in your life. They guide you. They direct you. Uh, let me say it this way. Um, it could be cultural values. could be religious values. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's personal values. Um, let me give you an example. If your life is filled with drama, it could be that you actually value things that bring drama into your life. Well, I might start preaching there. Oh, but on the other hand, if, you if your life is filled with peace, guess what? It's probably because you're valuing things that bring you peace. If your life is filled with joy, it might be because you're valuing things that bring you joy. And so that's, that's my, my message to us today is that, that values are a choice every day. We have to choose every day what we, what we value. We make a decision that this is what I value. Well, integrity, joy, honesty. Honesty is a value, right? And as I was studying for this message, it kind of reminded me, when, when, I, when I wrote the words honesty, it reminded me of, um, of Boudreaux. 
Okay, because Boudreaux, Boudreaux gets a bad rap, but Boudreaux was a pretty honest guy. I mean, any story you ever hear about Boudreaux, he was honest. And it reminded me of the time that his wife, Marie, got arrested. Got arrested for stealing a can of peaches. And they go down to the magistrate's office, and the magistrate says, uh, Marie, you steal, these, you steal these peaches. You can't be doing that. And she said, well, it's just a, just a can of peaches, not a big deal. He said, well, Marie, I'm going to send you to, to jail a month forever for every peach that's in that can. And she said, your honor, there's, there's three peaches in that can. He said, well, you're going to jail for three months. And so Boudreaux's like, I mean, he, he's honest, right? He couldn't help himself. So he said, now hold on, your honor. I just want you to know that she also stole a can of peas. Yeah, couldn't help himself, right? <laughs> Had to be honest about it. So, uh, so the truth is, uh, you know, we, we value different things. Now, if it's true that values govern our life, I think it's probably important that we choose the right values. We choose the right ones. There's some wrong ones. There's some right ones. And so I wanna, what I want to do is I want to kick this series off. We're talking a lot about relationships, but I want to make some statements to you. It's not in your notes, not on the screen, but here's a couple statements I would want you to know. That you are where you are, and you are who you are, based on the people you surround yourself with. That is good. I'll say it again in case you want to take notes on that. There's a couple lines at the back side of your notes if you need some space there. You are who you are. And, and you are where you are based on the people that you've surrounded yourself with. Now, here's another one. You are the sum total of the closest people to you. Add them all up. There's a little bit of all of them in you. You're the sum total of, of those closest to you. Another statement is that your relationship decisions are the most important decisions you will ever make. Your relationship with God, your relationship with who you, who you marry, your relationship with your, your college friends, your high school friends, whatever it is, relationships are the biggest decision. And here's the last one. The last statement is, show me your friends, I will show you your future. I, I can show you where you're headed. Just tell me the friends that you're hanging out with. Show me who you are. And here's why I can say that. It's because Proverbs says a mirror reflects a man's face. A mirror, all it does is show you what a man looks like. If you want to know what he's really like, then you just look at the kinds of friends he chooses. Dang. Man, this is, this is in our face today. So what I don't want you to hear, okay, this is a year of freedom for City Hope Church. We're getting free from some things. But what I don't want you to hear is, well, Pastor Penn's just trying to tell me who I can and can't be friends with. No. I like to leave that up to the Holy Spirit, okay? He'll speak to you about that. But what I am telling you is that you have a choice in who your friends are. You have a choice in the people that you surround yourself with, right? And so what I want to do today is I want to start with, with giving you three choices for relationships. I think these are choices all of us have to make, okay? And I'm going to start probably with one of the toughest ones first, okay? But three choices we need to make. This is in your notes. Jot this down. That we've got to make a choice to disconnect from harmful relationships. From harmful relationships. This, this is more important than we realize. And what, a question that you could ask yourself is, does this person build me up or do they tear me down? 
Is this person pulling me closer to God or are they pulling me further away from God? Is that making sense? So, so that helps you know whether you need to disconnect. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying that you should go out and dump all of your, Christian, your non-Christian friends. Hey, yo, Pastor Ben, church told me I can't be your friend anymore, so you got to go. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, we need friends who are unchurched. All of us need friends who don't go, they, they don't understand, they don't know the way to Christ. Because that's, that's the way we fulfill the Great Commission. What I'm saying is we can't let those, those friendships, maybe some, some negative influence in our lives, take us away and pull us away from, the, from who God's called us to be. Amen? So that's what, what I'm saying. Uh, and I'm definitely not saying, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this about your marriage, okay? So I don't want you to go home and say, hey, look, Pastor Ben said you got to leave. <laughs> You're bad for me. Get out. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't misinterpret that, okay? Uh, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about harmful relationships that pull you away from God's best and what he wants for your life. I'm talking about, I'm talking about maybe flirtatious relationships at work. Well, you think, man, it's just innocent. It's just a little banter back and forth. It's not a big deal. Sever that thing. Come on, disconnect from harmful relationships. I'm talking about... I'm talking about relationships that cause you to compromise values that you have, cause you to compromise things that you, that you, you know, man, this is not right, but it, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. It'll be okay. Nobody will ever know. You've got to sever that. In fact, social media is, uh, it's actually destroying a lot of relationships, destroys a lot of marriages. I, I uh, read an article a couple years ago and I was developing this message, thought about this article of a couple in uh, Bosnia is where it was. Uh, They were dissatisfied in their marriage, just didn't like each other. They were at each other all the time. And so without each other knowing it, they they both decided to get online and start chatting it up, right? And so what they didn't know was that they were cheating on each other with each other. Like they were using, you know, different names, screen names or whatever. And so they're cheating on each other with each other. And they finally get up. I'm not even, I'm not calling it courage. I'm saying they, like they got up the gumption, right, to go meet each other. And so when they show up at the restaurant, they realize that they're cheating on each other with each other. And they got mad. (laughs) I mean... I'm thinking, well, maybe there's hope. Maybe they'll get restored. Maybe they're going to work this out. No, they felt like each other betrayed each other. You, you're mad at him because he did it, but you did it too? Like, I don't understand this. What, how, are you, how do you feel like he betrayed you? Let's work this thing out. You obviously love each other because you fell in love all over again, right? So it's crazy. How the, how, so what we've got to do is we've got to disconnect. Don't even start going down some of those paths that will lead us to a place. Go read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. It'll, it'll tell you where you will end up if you keep following those harmful relationships. You, you're going to lose it all, it says. You're going to lose it all. And um, I, I love this. Proverbs says that he who walks with the wise, we're talking about disconnecting from harmful friendships, harmful relationships. If you walk with the wise, you become wise. You grow in wisdom. But a companion of fools goes to jail. A companion of fools suffers harm. A companion of fools ends up in the wrong place at the wrong time doing something they didn't need to do, right? A companion of fools suffers harm. How is that, Pastor Ben? 
Paul says that bad company corrupts good character. Man, I don't know what happened in my life. I started out in church. I was on the right track. And then I get mixed up with some wrong relationships. How many times have you heard that, right? Started, I started falling away. I started, I started valuing things that weren't really best for me. We've heard it before. We've dealt with that before. So the first thing we've got to do is we've got to disconnect from some relationships that pull us down. But you, you can't just disconnect from those relationships. You also have to dedicate time to start some new ones. You've got to build some new relationships. You've got to start something that you don't already have. And if you don't have meaningful relationships, we're, we're starting small groups today. I'll tell you a little bit more about that, but this is a perfect time to start some new relationships. Hebrews says, hey, let's not give up meeting together. Let's not give up starting these new meaningful relationships as some people have a habit of doing. They're, they're saying, I don't really need small groups. I don't really need relationships. I can do this on my own. I'm strong enough. You get that Stuart Smalley complex from Saturday Night Live. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me, right? You feel great because everything's going well for you. You should YouTube. It's pretty funny. Especially the one with Michael Jordan. Um, but no, 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 here's what we've got to do. We, we can't get in the habit of pushing people off. No, we need to get in the habit of welcoming new relationships, welcoming new friendships so that we can encourage one another. That's what it's for. So that we, and especially, he says, we've got to do this even more now because Jesus is coming back. Come on, we need to, we need to be in relationship with other people. And here's the third choice that I think we have to make. These are all, not just one choice, we need to make all three of these. Disconnect, dedicate some time for new relationships, and number three is develop some really important relationships. Develop relationships of people close to you. Develop relationship with the Lord. Develop relationship with, with who, who matters in your life. Your spouse, your kids, your, your small group. Maybe it's a coworker. Develop the relationships that matter. And, and I would just say it this way, wherever your relationship is now, make it better. Develop it. Make it better. Wherever you are now, grow in that relationship. Um, if, you're, if you're having marriage issues, if you're having relational issues, can, can I just tell you today that it's not your marriage's fault? It's not your relationship's fault if you're having issues? And let me say it this way. Uh, it's not the fireplace's fault if there's not a fire in it. Why? Because somebody has to build the fire. Somebody has to put some, some wood in the fireplace. They have to stoke it. They have to get a, a starter log. They have to get some matches, a, a lighter. They have to have some newspapers, right? They, it takes a little bit of work to start the fire, and your relationships are the same way. Relationships take work. <laughs> Relationships take work, and just because it takes work doesn't mean it's a bad relationship. Man, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Come on, relationships, it's, it's a whole lot of work, work, mm, whole lot. Of, it's, a, it's work. No, Pastor Ben, we've been madly in love for 25 years. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear from somebody who's worked it. You know what I'm saying? We've never had any issues I don't have time for that. Like, I need, I need somebody to tell me how you worked through the issue. How did you get through it? We've never fought. Pfft, whatever. <laughs> Come on, you. 
Yeah, we, we've, all, we've all got it. So we, we've got we've to develop important relationships. It takes work. And, and I know because I live with an angel. Right? It takes a lot of work on my side. I mean, her wings are constantly just hitting me upside the head. Halo is blinding me. I, I'm like, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm working. I'm working. I'm, really, though, she, we have a great marriage. But you know something? We're working harder this year on our marriage than we've ever worked. Because here's the thing, Satan hates marriage. He hates your marriage. He wants to destroy the thing, the beautiful thing that God has created. He wants to destroy that thing. So we've got to work on it. We've got to grow in it. Marriage will not maintain itself. All right? It takes a little bit of work. Now, a lot of times, though, we, we face rough patches in marriage. Relationships. Maybe you're going through a relationship right now, a friendship, boss, whatever it is. And you're thinking to yourself, man, it's so dry. It's like nothing's working. We're trying all of these things, and it's just, it's hard, Pastor Ben. We're tilling, we're tilling up the ground, and it's just not working. It's, it's hard. I look over the fence, and the grass is greener on the other side, Pastor Ben. And to that, I would say, you're right. The grass is greener over the septic tank. <laughs> I just, I just want to go, I mean... I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of working through this. I just want to go to the other side. And, and you can. If you want to, you can. But you're going to end up going through a whole lot of crap. Because it's the sewer. It's the septic tank. Can I get a witness, right? It's just, don't even go there. And if you have, listen, no condemnation. If you've been down that road, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to help some of our friends that maybe who are on the verge or haven't been there. I don't want you to go there. I want you to, hey... Let me say it this way. The grass is greener where you water it. That's where the grass is greener. It just looks good over there, Pastor Ben. We'll, we'll put, put some water down here. Come on, start growing some roots here. Is this helping? Okay. All right. So we, we've got to remember that choices lead, feelings follow. I don't feel like working on my relationship. I don't feel like working on this relationship with my boss or my wife. I don't feel like it. Choices lead. Feelings follow. You choose to work on it. You choose that date night. You choose that family night. You choose to, to, to say good things. You choose. You value things. And you're going you're gonna to work those things out. You're going to choose joy. You're going to choose first. Actions first. And then the feelings will follow. All right? So I want to show you. Um, I want to show you one of the best ways that you, that you can make that practical. Okay, it's, it's actually Second Peter. We, we've got to let choices lead us because the end is near, right? Jesus is coming back. We don't have time to be just flying by the seat of our pants. We, we, we've got to be clear-minded, self-controlled so that we can pray, we can get close to God. But here's, what, here's, here's the key ingredient. In your relationships, whatever you do, above all, love each other deeply. Love each other. Why? Why should I love my boss when he treats me this way? Why should I love my brother when he says this about me? Why should I love my wife when she's done this? Because love covers a multitude of sins. It's love. So I don't feel like loving her. Love her anyway. I don't, I don't feel like loving him. You love him anyway. You do it anyway. You love because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, that's some choices that we have to make in relationships. Disconnect, dedicate, develop those different relationships. 
what I want to do now is I want to, I want to give you some values, um, s- some things that we need to do for three different relationships. I'm going to give you three relationships and a value that we need, we need to hold dear. If you don't hold these as values, you need to hold this as a value in your life, okay? Every day you make a decision. Every day you wake up. Every day you walk out the door and you make three decisions. The first one is, I will be committed to my church family, all right? Now, this isn't a commercial for City Hope, but I need you to understand that the church is so much more than just this one-time event on Sunday morning, all right? The church is not this building. The church is you. You are the church. The Greek word is ekklesia. You're the church. You've been called out for the sole purpose of calling other people out. God has chosen you. You are the church of Jesus Christ. And so we have to make a commitment every day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be committed to my church family. I'm going to be like the psalmist who said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Come on, there's joy here. And, and here's the thing I want you to get. He was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. If you feel like you got, you, you got a, it's, it's a chore for you coming to the house of the Lord, come on, it, it, let me know. We'll change what we can, right? But it could be your attitude. It could be something in you that needs to change and not everybody else. If every church that you've ever been to in your life was never good enough and never measured up, I'm just boldly going to proclaim it's probably you and not the churches. If there was something wrong with all of them, eventually you go, maybe it's me. That was not in my notes. I don't know who needed to hear that today. Maybe nobody in here, probably somebody online. I don't know, but just kidding. But I've got to be committed. I'm going to be committed to my church family. See, church is supposed to be enjoyed, not endured. When we were starting this church, a prayer that we constantly prayed was, God, let City Hope be the kind of church where people cannot wait to get back next week. When they walk out of the doors on Sunday morning, they go, man, I can't wait for next week. I'm ready to come. We got to wait seven days to come back to church? That was the prayer that we prayed. We prayed, God, if they have to miss church, let them miss church. Let them be like, I can't believe I'm not there today. That's the kind of church that we've wanted to start, that, that it should be a party, not a presentation. It'd be something that we enjoy, not endure. And the reason, the reason I, I said you've got to make a commitment to your church family is because we believe in family here. We believe in family so much so that when we were starting the church, when we were filling out all the articles of incorporation, the paperwork, we named the, the church, the legal name is City Hope Family, Inc., Right? That's, that's our incorporated. That's our, that's our legal name. When we built our website, the domain is City Hope Family. Uh, every, every social media handle that we have is City Hope Family. Why did we do that? Because we, want, we are a family. That's what God calls us. He calls us a family. And families get a little crazy sometimes. Fa- no family is perfect. No family has it all together. Families get a little bit messy. Families go through some things sometimes. Family deals, they, they deal with crazy things sometimes. But what a family does, what a, let me say it this way, what a healthy family does is they say, hey, you know what? I, I love you. I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm always going to have your back. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to fight for you, not against you. Come on, somebody. That's what a family does, and that's why you need a commitment to a church family. 
You need to have something that you look forward to every, a place for you to belong. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say, a place for you to belong. Here's why, because you are members of God's family. He calls you family and you belong here. You need somewhere that you belong. You belong here in God's household with other Christians. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be this church, by the way. I just want you to know that. It doesn't have to be here, but it needs to be somewhere. We'd love for it to be here, but it doesn't have to be. We want you to be where God wants you to be, all right? And I know that there's, there's a difference between attending and there's a difference between becoming part of a family somewhere. And so I know sometimes you, you go through things in life and, and you maybe show up at City Hope and, and you're kind of kicking the tires a little bit. You're trying to see, is this the kind of church we want to be involved in? You're looking under the hood. You're kind of taking it for a test drive. I get that. Yeah, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to do anything right now. That's good for a little while. But there comes a time where you need to, you need to go all in and you, you need to say, hey, we're in it to win it. And, and I want to encourage you to do that. If it's not here, do it somewhere. Today is step one of the growth track. It happens right out here in the room called growth track, uh, just, just outside there. And, um, and growth track is, is our way to help you. Really, it's a way to help you decide, should you, is this where you belong? Is this where you're supposed to put down some roots? And so in, in step one, we'll talk about our vision, who we are as a church. We'll talk about church government. Who do I answer to? Who are the people in my life, overseers and trustees? Those are things we'll cover the structure and the government of our church, how finances are spent, those kinds of things. We'll talk about how do you join the church there? How do you, how do you join it? A lot of times people go like, hey, you want to go to lunch? And, and that's the question they want to know is who, are you, who do you answer to? Save, us, save yourself some money and save us some time. Just go to Growth Track and we'll talk about it there. We'll answer those questions, but here's what I'm trying to say. You need somewhere to belong. If it's not here, go somewhere else and belong there, but you need that kind of relationship. You need a commitment to people, okay? All right. The second commitment or a second value I think we all need, every one of us need this. We need to commit to a, a God's family, but we also need to prioritize time for some godly friends in our lives. So, we've, so we're going to disconnect from harmful relationships but the way we do that is we got to find some godly friends. We've got to find some people in our lives who are building us up. They're, they're not tearing us down. And here's how you know they're godly. You know they're godly if when you get around them, you want to be godly. You know they're godly if when you're around them, there's something that you, in, in you that's like, man, I want to I be like that kind of person. I want to live that kind of life. It makes you want to be godly. And in the New Testament... They, they, they lived really close with each other. They were a church family, but they also had smaller groups. Uh, the Bible says that they met in the synagogues and the temple courts on, on the Sabbath day, but then throughout the week, they met from place to place, house to house, and that's what we call small groups here. In fact, in, in Acts 2.44, it says that all the believers in the early church met together constantly. They were together and they shared everything with each other. This literally means that they, that they shared everything. The Greek meaning of everything is everything. They shared it all. I mean, they shared, like if, if someone was going through a difficult time, they would sell their property and, and bless their neighbors. If they had an extra car to give, I, I get they didn't have cars. I'm talking here, now, right? They'd give their car away. 
Like if they had, if they had an extra tunic, they, would, they just shared everything with each other. And I think if this was written in today's age, it, this would even say they even shared their struggles with each other, like everything. They talked about the areas of their life that was holding them back and keeping them from being all that God had called them to be. They shared everything, and that's what a small group does, by the way. A small group helps us share everything. Uh, small groups, I think, are, are where life change happens. It's, it's where you begin to really get free. You really begin to experience life change. Today, we're launching 52 small groups. 52 small groups. Well, there's not one for me, Pastor Ben. You don't even know, right? Just go look. Go look. You know, hey, I'm, I'm just, can I just say, it's time to cut the excuses, right? Well, that one's too late in the evening. Well, I would go to that one, but it's too early in the morning. I wish there's one at lunch. There is. Well, I got lunch break. I can't do it then. All right. Always excuses. Come on, let's cut the excuses. Let's do this. Let's get in a group. Take off the mask. And, and let's, let's be devoted to one another in love. Come on, let's honor one another above ourselves. That's the problem with a lot of us in our culture today is we just think about us. We think about our problems, what we're going through. And woe is me, nobody can help me. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. We just think nobody knows what I'm going through. And so I thought we'd do a little exercise, okay? Um, take your hand. If you don't mind doing this, take your hand. Put it right up in front of your face like this. Just You're looking right in your hand. So no matter where you look, you can't, you can't see anything but your hand. And this is a way that we live a lot of our lives. We live just constantly looking at all the problems and all the issues, and, and this is never going to change. But when we get in a small group, now just start moving your hand out. Extend it all the way out. When we get in a small group, now all of a sudden we just have a better perception. We have a better perspective about what's going on in my life. I'm no longer just looking at my problems and what I'm dealing with and the things that I'm struggling with, but now I can see what's going on around me. And now somebody else can speak life to me and they can show me and they can teach me and they can say, I've been through what you're going through. I know it's not going to end the way you think it's going to end. It's going to be okay. I just am here to encourage, right? So we got to get a different perspective. We've got to get a different perspective. That's what small groups do, helps us with the perspective. And, you know, we, we try to hook you with different topics and curriculums. And some of you, you're, you're like, man, I'm going to go to that financial piece. We're going we're gonna to get debt free. I hope you do. But more than that, I hope you make a friend. I hope you make a friend who you can share things with. Some of you are going to go through freedom, and you're going to settle the yesterdays, and you're going to deal with things in your past, and I hope that happens, but even more than that, I hope you build a lifetime friendship with somebody who gets to know you a little bit better, right? Just, just become a friend. That's what we need. We need friendships. We need that. Here's uh, one last scripture. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians that we ought to encourage one another. This is what small groups are about. You need godly friends who will build you up in your faith. They'll build you up. They'll encourage you. They'll lift you up. It, this reminds me of like I can just picture a, a runner. They're running a race. They're coming down to the finish line and all of their family, all of their friends are there and they're going, come on, you got this. You can do this. Come on, keep pressing. Keep pressing. Don't give up. The, the finish line is ahead and they're just encouraging you and all of a sudden you're like, I can do this. 
right? Or, or the guy who's bench pressing, and man, he's, he's wearing himself out, and there's people around him saying, just one more. Come on, give me one more. You've got this. One more. Don't give up. Press in. That's what we need. We need somebody going, just one more. Just one more day. Keep your head up. This is going to be okay. We need that in our lives. I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. Saying. We, need, we need that encouragement. All right. And here's the last thing. This is a, a, a value, a relationship that we need to put some value into. And that is that every day I'm going to wake up. Every day I'm going to strengthen my relationship with God. That's the most important relationship you have. I would say it this way. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this now. Just I've said it before. But, but somebody here today just needs to know that you have a 100% chance of success at marriage when you do it God's way. So every day... I'm not going to focus on how bad and how awful and what I'm dealing with. No, I'm going to strengthen my relationship with God first. And he's going, to, he's going to work on me. He's going to develop some things in me. And I'm going to get close to God regardless of what's happening around me in relationships. I'm going to get close to God myself. I'm going to grow in my relationship. And I'm going to be there for other people too. But I can't control the surroundings. I can't control what's going on. But I can control my relationship with God. I can develop that. I can strengthen it. And so I want to ask you today, what would it be like if you went all in in your relationship with God? What would it be like if you, if you just settled the score and you said, this is what's going to happen. I am going, I'm going all in. I'm not going to tiptoe around Christianity anymore. I'm going all in. And I know I've, 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 I've talked a little bit about this over the last few weeks. And I think, I think partly it's because um, as your pastor, if you call this church your church, if, 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 you, if this is where you belong, I think I have a responsibility to say, hey, come on, let's go. I have a responsibility to push you a little bit, to get you uncomfortable, to get you taking some steps of faith. And what I've noticed in, in 19 years of ministry, I've been in ministry 19 years. I, don't, I know I don't even look 19, but... <laughs> 19 years of ministry, what I've noticed is there are people who they want to just try God. I just, I just want to like, yeah, you know, just coming out of this nasty divorce and, you know, I've never really been a religious person. I'm just going to try God. Man, yeah, we're, we're dealing with some things with our, our teenager. They're, they're rebelling, uh, rebelling and you know, it's just life is hard for us. We've never... We've never really been church kind of people, but we're going to try. We're going to give it a shot. And, and I understand the logic behind that, but the thing about Christianity is it doesn't work that way. So it's, it's either all in or you're not. So you, you're either 100% in or you're not. You're, you're either Christian or you're not Christian. Does that make sense? Like you, you can't be like, yeah, I'm part Christian kind of kind of Christian but not not no you you are or you're not right and uh, and I only know what that feels like because I was there myself there was a time in my life as a young teenager where I was not all in and the truth is I didn't I just didn't want to go to hell you know what I mean like I didn't want to burn <laughs> so I needed some fire insurance God, just deliver me from hell. That would be awesome. 
And um, the reality is that Christianity is not a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's not something you can try. It's not like a perfume tester bottle where you, you spray it and you all of a sudden smell like it. So you, you're a Christian now. You look the Christian part. You dress it. No. It's, it's, an, it's a decision that you have to make that every day I'm going to strengthen my relationship with God. I'm giving Him everything. My whole life, my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. And you'll never know until you do it. You'll never know. You'll never experience all that God has for you until you go all in. Jeremiah 29 says that if you will look for God whole, wholeheartedly, you will find Him. Pastor, I've been trying to look for Him. I've been trying to seek God. I've been trying. But, but here's the thing. The opposite is true. Conversely is true. If you don't look wholeheartedly, You're not going to find it. It's, you've got to be all in. I love this. One of my favorite scriptures, Proverbs 3, says you have to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not like I'm going to give it a shot for a day and see. And, and, and I get it. You know, there are some preachers who have messed it up for people. Act now, send your money now, and God's going to send you ten times. Or, you know, whatever's in your heart, whatever dream's in your heart, you do this, and God's going to give it to you. The only problem is that God, God's not really a genie in a bottle, okay? So he doesn't operate that way. If he, if he did, we'd all be like, where's my Lamborghini? Where's my Porsche? Where's my whatever? Just, it, I, he doesn't work like that. It's got to be an all-in moment, all your heart. And here's the thing. You can't lean on your own understanding. It's the dichotomy. It's, it's, the, it's like you're either all-in or you're on your own understanding. You can't have both. It doesn't work that way. In all of your ways, in everything you do, every decision, every moment, all that you are, you submit to God. And when you do that, that's when He makes your path straight. So if I'm leaning on my own understanding, your path's going to be like this. It's time to go all in. It's time to surrender. It's time to make a decision today that I will live my life of value, strengthening my, my relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Will you bow your heads with me today? Pastor Ben, I tried Christianity. I've tried, and it just didn't work. It might be because you didn't go all in. It might be because you were trying to do it in your own understanding. And I want to challenge you today to let this be the day, February the 6th, that you go all in. That you give God a year of your life. And you, you just do everything you can, like go through the growth track, small groups. Start serving other people. Begin to, live, begin to get around some godly friends. Come on, give God a year of your life and see what happens. Father, I thank you for the relationships that we have. Lord, you've blessed us. You've been so faithful to us. We're grateful. But Lord, we need you now in our lives more than we've ever needed you before. 
We need you to strengthen us. Help us to disconnect from some relationships pulling us down. Help us to dedicate time. Lord, to make time. We've got to manage our lives at a point where we can say yes to new relationships, to godly friends, to develop the most important relationships that we have. And by the way, the most important relationship we have, God, is you. You are the most important relationship. So if you're here today and you're far from God, you've drifted, you're not not living the life that you should be living. You've been calling the shots in your own life. If you're here today and you're you're ready to go all in with Jesus, this is your all in moment. We have baptism right afterwards. You can go all in with salvation, all in with baptism today. If that's you, you, you've got to make the decision. I'm going to go all in. I'm strengthening my relationship with God today. I'm starting it today. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to be bold and courageous and slip up your hand. Nobody's looking, just me, and I'm going to pray for you. All right, if that's you, one, two, three, come on, slip up your hand and say, I'm going all in today, Pastor Ben. All in, all that I am, all that I have, I'm surrendering. I'm making him the Lord of my life. Thank you. Anybody else say, thank you. I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage. You're, you're, you're being courageous. You're saying yes to the best and most important relationship. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm going all in. I'm, proud. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Let's say this prayer to, together today. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for loving me. I'm coming home. I'm yours. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for cleansing me, washing me, making me new. From this day forward, I will serve you. I will love you. I will live for you. I will strengthen my relationship with you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, with all we've got, come on, let's thank God today for life change for the relationships that he... Hey, that's so awesome. And I just want to let you know, if that was you today, we have the perfect opportunity for you. If you decided I'm going all in with my relationship with God, um, today, the first Sunday of the month, we have baptism going on in the lobby. And uh, if you gave your life to Christ, that is your next step is water baptism. Jesus models that for us. And so we just want you to know we've got everything that you would possibly need to get baptized today. Towel, a change of clothes, underwear, everything. We got you covered. So all you have to do is go out to the baptism table in the lobby. Let them know that you'd like to get baptized. And we'd love to uh, celebrate that with you today. But also, if, if you made a decision to commit your life to Christ, maybe not even today, but within the past few weeks, One thing we would love to do is um, give you some resources. And we have these next steps boxes available for you in the lobby. The way that you get it is as you leave on your right hand side um, by our growth track room, there's some bookshelves against the wall. And there's some of these boxes on that shelf. And you can just stop by that area and there will be a team member there. Let them know that you want a next steps box and they'll get that to you. Um, and, And so sometimes we don't know what to do in our next steps. We don't know what to do when we're new to our faith. And so those resources will help you know what to do, help you know your next steps. 
are. So I just want to remind you about the card that I told you about at the beginning of the service. And if you made a decision to give your life to Christ today, we would love it if you would let us know by just marking the box that says, I committed my life to Christ. One, we want to celebrate you, but also we want to be able to pray with you and pray for you as you begin this new journey. So please let us know on that card and then you can just drop it in the container as it comes down your row. And I just want to let all of our students know, maybe there's some students in the building that said, hey, I'm going all into my relationship with God, even at a young age. I want to let you know this coming Wednesday night, we have motion night for all middle school and high school students. It's going to, it's a service that takes place right here every second Wednesday for our middle and high school students. We'd love for you to come out to that. Um, and, and that'll be a great opportunity for you to just grow in your faith and your relationship with God. So we're about to get ready to move the part of the service where we worship the Lord through our giving. And I just want to celebrate with you. One of the big things that we've done as a church is we support a Bible translation. Um, and there's, I don't know if you know this, there's over 3,700 languages in the world that do not have a Bible in their language. They don't have the gospel at all. And so we've, we've joined a group called Illuminations, and it's a bunch of churches and a lot of translation groups that are coming together to provide the Bible for people in their native language. Language. And so the way that the projections are showing that by the year 2033, that this group that we've become a part of, Illuminations, is going to have provided the Bible for every single nation in their native language on the face of the earth. And so we're a part of that. You're a part of that when you give. And so we're a part of changing people's lives by providing the gospel for them. And so as always, we, we don't want to pressure you to give anything. We don't ask that you give anything, but you just be obedient to what the Lord puts in your heart. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. When I say amen, there'll be a team up front and this is our prayer team. If you have any prayer needs during the last song, make your way down. They'll be honored to pray with you. So let's pray together. God, thank you for this time together that we've had to worship your name and to lift up the name of Jesus. I pray that you'd bless each person as they leave, God, that they would leave differently and that they would leave changed, God. And I pray that you would just do a work deep on the inside of our lives, God. I pray that you'd bless us so that we can be a blessing and we continue to make a difference in the lives of many people. We love you. We honor and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, come on, church. Let's stand together and worship to this last song. Shit,